0: On the cover, a looming statuesque figure stands with hands around but not touching a fist-sized floating ruby. The statue's form is just starting to crack, revealing something red and glowing underneath. In each of the ruby's facets, we can see one of our heroes. Meridian, twin blasters poised against an approaching army of Hacked, circuit veins glowing against their skin, plushie, arms crossed and speaking with a tall man in a long coat and a cowboy hat, and Dame Atlas, sword drawn and charging towards a dome of pure energy. Hindsight, Issue 7, Awakening. When last we left our group, Meridian and Dame Atlas had gone off with Tony Rex Dakota and his girlfriend Adriana to go see a, a big rock, a uh, big glowing rock that uh, <laughs> needs moving, maybe, and if they can, cool. Good job. It's like a carnival attraction. Really no one expects to move this thing. It's just a good time. Plushy had gone off, as I recall, to his sanctuary, where he's sure. heading, heading home. So I want to pick up with Meridian and Dame Atlas, and... We get a couple of panels of you in line. This is, to put it bluntly, this place used to be a mine, so it's not very aesthetically pleasing from the outside, but it has been plastered with big, cheap carnival flyers that have a a very rough drawing of a ruby that's just, like, shooting off rays of speed lines and light, and they have captions like, Are you strong enough? Test your luck! Marvel at the unknowable! And... As you get to the front of that line, there is a very small fee per head, which I am assuming some of you can pay. I'm not going to worry too much about that. And the tour guide. Meridian, you would probably know most about this because you've been around the universe a little bit. These are uh, Rigel Unlimited's auto tour guides. They are robots. They have three different modes. This one is in your friend mode. It has across its chest in big block letters the name Pally. So Pally informs you. Rigel Unlimited is not liable for any death, dismemberment, or damage to you or your belongings. Follow me! And rolls itself into this mineshaft. As it takes you through, first off, eventually you come to a few branching paths and Pally tells you, Only go on the marked path! The other ones are very, very dangerous. And uh, takes you down there. Now, obviously, there is nothing to stop you from just leaving the tour at this point. But you wouldn't get to see the giant rock, right? That's true.
1: So are either of you feeling adventurous? I was told to stay on the path. I am going to stay on the path. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I think uh I think Meridian's tempted to at the very least. Whether or not she actually does, so I think she she has a moment of like, god, these bots, they're just so uh, they're so boring. Don't you want to see what else is out here?
1: I I do want to go lift up the rock. Um actually Meridian, <laughs> could you hold this and Dame Atlas remove some of her like upper body armor? <laughs>
2: have in here concrete bricks? uh
1: steel mostly
2: oh well it's working obviously it's great thank you
0: tony does offer to take some of that off here off your hands for you if you want because he's got muscles for days and he flexes
2: <laughs> tony why don't you be a big strong boy and uh give me a hand with this real quick it's been a rough morning for me
0: and he goes, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And he like grabs, you know, a big armful of uh, of armor from you, hoisting it up on one shoulder. Definitely kind of like looking over to make sure Adrian is watching him do this, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, Meridian rolls her eyes and she's like, oh, fine. And she keeps walking.
0: And eventually you come to this huge, almost cathedral-like space. And as you approach it, Pally, without warning, just shuts down. Like his power just got turned off. And you can hear from inside that space just kind of before you turn the corner to go into the central chamber which has you know big wooden arrows pointing at it like lights all around it like see the mystery rock right you can hear from inside now now don't you folks worry none i'm just gonna be taking this here pretty rocking and i'll be on my way you all play ball and nobody gets hurt what do you do i believe we might have to break the rules of the line
1: and i start making my
0: way uh... forward (laughs)
2: I think you're right,
0: as you approach first off, Tony is trying to figure out where to sit this armor and eventually just kind of like dumps it in the corner. Uh, the other two of you are you like sneaking in? Or are you just like going in guns blazing what's what's the plan? I am rushing in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Meridian's like, wait, wait, and she throws on her uh, her helmet, which I believe is roughed up after uh, that last encounter.
0: Yeah, it got reference. dinged up
2: a little bit. Yeah, so she's like trying to get it to to rework and slaps it around like, come on, stupid thing. And she's trying to get some readings off of the situation, like heat signatures, just kind of scanning the area and trailing behind Dame Atlas. So I think she's she's trying to assess the situation.
0: Yeah, and let's let's go ahead and roll that. All right, and then we'll get to uh, what Dame Atlas rushes into.
2: Okay, so my superior is still plus three, so I'm looking at a nine.
0: Fantastic. So you get one question off that list. What would you like to know?
2: What here is the biggest threat?
0: As you kind of peer in and to what Dame Atlas is rushing in. So this chamber is huge. It's probably 30 feet across to either side. There are stalactites that are like hanging down from the ceiling, but you can tell that the floor has been kind of carefully cleaned of all but two things. So there's a big, rough statue kind of central. It's about six feet tall, looks mostly humanoid, and its hands are surrounding this floating fist-sized ruby. And this chamber, to your instruments, definitely reads warmer than the surrounding cave system. Like, it is—the temperature just immediately goes up. Not to uncomfortable levels, but it's definitely warmer. And towards one side, you can see that there's a handful of people, probably a group of six, human and otherwise, and they've been tied up and they are being guarded by a group of about eight people. They all look to be human, except from their eyes all the way down their necks and then down their arms to their hands, there is just glowing green circuit veins all over their exposed skin. And the readers have seen these before, but these characters have not. These are the hacked. But more importantly, right in front of that fist-sized ruby, with a kind of weird dish-looking machine extended up, is a real big guy that our readers will recognize as Cybersaurus Hex. And he's covered in chrome armor up to his jaw. And as you enter and he looks over, he kind of takes a half-moment to realize that Dame Atlas is rushing in. Speaking of which, Dame Atlas, are you rushing at the hacked that are guarding these people, or are you running at Hex?
1: Uh, when I rush in, I'm going to, like, sort of see, I think, the first thing I would see is Hex, and I'm going to, um, I'm going to, like, move a little bit closer, like, stop running and start walking. And as you do, he kind of goes, <laughs> "By
0: Gilgamesh, I do think I'm being set upon. And then he presses a button on this emitter, and it begins giving off these pulses of, uh, Of red light, and in the middle of two of them he just kind of waves a hand and goes, and it freezes into a dome, at which point Hex just turns back to that ruby and he starts to reach out for it, and something happens because that statue moves to grab his wrist. And as it does, a layer of rock breaks off of it, and you see something that you probably weren't expecting, so, uh, I don't know that I can accurately describe this. Hey, Joel! (laughs)
3: Hey, what does eight look like? <laughs> so eight is around six feet tall. It's you know definitely not the the largest thing in the room. Um, their body is uh, well. First of all, as soon as the hand moves, I think one of the things that really like points the direction that eight is moving is their eyes light up, and it you can tell that the gem in the room that everyone is trying to like come for the attraction uh, eight's eyes are made of the exact same gem and have a similar glow to them once the hand moves and their body is is it's you know i'm um, it is robotic it kind of has a uh like a crimson red base tone with some black highlights and then a few of uh, like parts of uh where like you know the more bendable parts of their body you see a lot more of that stone underneath and there's some like glowing coming from the inside of it for the most part though Uh, Their body is, like, covered, and it it seems like it's, you know, their body has just been there, not moving, and for, for centuries, and it's just got so much calcified, you know, just cave stuff on them, And but as soon as they do start moving, though, you start to hear what you could assume to be speech, but it's a speech that no one has heard in this room, it's definitely ancient, and then... You can start to hear kind of like a buzzing coming from their throat, as if uh, a radio signals are being changed. As it starts to come into English or whatever the common language of this area is—space English, space English, <laughs> yes—the classic space English. And so, uh, eight grabs the hand, and the first thing you can all make out that they say is, "Let me help you."
0: <laughs> and Whoa. Hex just takes a moment and goes, "Well, that ain't right." So plushy. You yes. were walking home. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Where does Plushie live? In the sanctuary. And, and let's talk about that. Where? How do you access
4: that sanctuary? I think he keeps moving the door to it because of the you-know-what. It's to- okay.
0: It's okay. The readers know. We're in the middle of an arc here. You can talk about your nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Because he's trying to keep his nemesis out of it, that weird thing that he still doesn't know what it is exactly, so he'll move the door a few days, and he always tries to put it in, a, in um where people might not expect it to be, and he'll, like, duck inside it.
0: And where is it now?
4: Probably in one of the unused corridors of the local facilities. Okay,
0: so we just have the couple of panels of you, like... Heading down an alleyway and then like into a disused building and through you know a door that goes into what does your sanctuary look like?
4: It basically looks like a large cathedralish space. There's like stained glass windows all over the place. There's no um pews or what have you, and there's like this big hall. And I imagine as soon as he gets in, he would see the head construct that running the place inside butler
0: and what does butler look like let's just establish that right quick
4: he has the same like black beady eyes and smile that musketeer has but beyond that he looks exactly what you would expect him to look like
0: okay so like kind of like a tuck sort of thing like tails yeah fantastic very classy
4: and butler is the only one of his constructs that can um actually talk
0: and butler bows over a hand and says to you you have a visitor
4: plus he had um just like de-transformed and at those words he's like he just looks a bit askance at Butler. I'm sorry, what?
0: You have a visitor. He is currently taking tea with your mother.
4: My eye twitches. <laughs> and then I like look down towards where one of the other rooms from the sanctuary is, specifically the space where I keep my mom. And I'm like, oh, hell no. And I go charging down the hall. And as I do, I like tap the breast pocket where I keep my the gem for my powers. Color like swirls around me and I turn back into plushie. Right, let's go charging in.
0: So as you open the door, you can hear some very, you know, low but polite conversation. And there is someone with a very distinctive kind of Texas twang uh, speaking with your mom. And it seems like they're just like telling funny stories. And you open the door and there's a fairly well-built fella in a hat. You can't see his face at this point because he's got his back to the door, as you always should, right? And he and your mom are just having some tea. And as you enter, he looks over and you can see a face that is very similar but slightly different from the one we just saw in that cavern no cyberware this is just hex and it kind of looks over his shoulder at you oh hey
4: glad you could finally join us you should have a scone they're delicious has i met cyber hex before or is this my first time up to you in that case i probably do recognize him and i like put on a smile that you can't see underneath my hood. and i'm like hi and i look Look, like, is my mother
0: okay <laughs> Oh yeah, she's fine. They're just having tea. She looks she actually waves at you. She looks perfectly fine.
4: Tell me uh, up in the parlor and I guess her towards the door.
0: And he uh chugs the rest of his tea, sits it down. Well it has been a pleasure, ma'am, but I believe I am being escorted out of your room. And uh he stands up, gives a little bow over his hand, and he you know, heads out with you. Meanwhile, back in the cave So Dame <laughs> Atlas Meridian, what you up to?
2: Goodness. <laughs> well Dame Atlas is charging in, right? So I wanna know what's going on with that.
1: Okay, so Dame Atlas. Dame Atlas has her hand on like the hilt of her blade. I say, I'm going to have to ask you to stand down and explain yourself before we have to take action. I like that. And I think I think I would like you to hmm
0: no, I don't think I don't think Hex is susceptible to your words at this point. But if you are trying to get some information, you could try and pierce his mask.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. That makes sense. Nine plus two, that's eleven. So you say that, and he's kind of, like, gently jerking his arm back from Eight's
0: grip and doesn't necessarily seem to be trying too hard to get it out, just more testing how far it'll go. I'm a little bit indisposed right now. Could you maybe leave a message with my office, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. What would you like to know? What does he intend to do? Oh, he wants, he's taken that ruby. Mm -hmm. That's his, that's the whole thing he's here for. Uh, What is he really planning? So how, how would you phrase that, like, just in the fiction, how would you get that
1: information? Because you can always, like, ask him stuff or talk to him or, you know. It's It would be like a follow-up of, like, well, what do you need it for type type question. And he looks back over, you know, like, well, all right, so here's the thing. Do you have any goddamn idea what this thing is? I know it's a very surprisingly heavy rock that is a lot hotter than it seems.
0: Hey, you're part right. It ain't no rock. It's more like a key. He kind of looks over at you. And I'm going to use it to open a door. And I'm going to take everything inside for myself. And everyone's going to be a lot better off for it, trust you me. And he kind of looks over behind you where um, Tony Rex and Adrian are, especially them two.
2: Meridian uh, has caught up, and she's standing at the back, looking kind of skeptical. Well, uh, you know, that sounds all well and good, but uh, usually rock robots don't erupt and try and stop people from doing things like that. And uh, that's far from the strangest thing that I've seen today or in my life. So I'm just going to go ahead and defer to our new friend. And uh, I think we're going to have to stop you from doing that. What do you think?
0: <laughs> You're welcome to try and stop me. Uh, meanwhile, you do still have one more uh, question off that list, Dame Atlas. Uh, how could I gain influence over you? Well, if you help him get that rock, he'll do damn near anything you ask him to. <laughs> you know, just play into what he wants. Fair. So meanwhile, 8, you have a hold on Hex's uh, arm.
3: Yeah, what and kind of gear does he have on him?
0: So right now, he is wearing a pretty fancy cowboy hat. And other than that, he is covered uh, from about the jaw down in cybernetics that encase his entire body. They, from your uh, brief contact with him, you can tell uh, through your, I would imagine, pretty sophisticated sensors, right? This is made up of a pretty substantial nanomachine colony. It's
3: pretty adaptive, and then so the, you know i i haven't been I haven't been powered up in like I said centuries, so I'm trying to get a feel for everything um the The gem itself, does it seem like does it seem like it's it's uh, admitting a lot of power, or does it seem like it's actually a bit lower than than the standards that my programming has been set to maintain?
0: One of the things that woke you up um was that it actually spiked in activity, and you're not exactly sure because you are still kind of booting up as to who it's responding to, but it's someone very close by.
3: All right, well, so the first thing I'm going to do is... Um, what, what was the guy in front of me? What's his name? This is Hex. Hex. Uh, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'll release uh, release his hand from my from my grasp, and then I'm going to immediately um, go into... So it looks like I'm shoving my hands into him, but what's happening is I've just put my hands very close and then there so like the tips of my fingertips are opening up and you then start to see coils uh just start to wrap around the cybernetic parts of his body as I as you just hear eight say consumption start and they are now trying to drain out all of the power from this cybernetic suit.
0: Nice. I would like you to directly engage a
3: threat. <laughs> Let's see, I rolled an eight, and I get plus two for danger, so I get a 10. Fantastic, choose two off of that list. Um, Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take something from them, which is all of the power in their suits, and I'm then going to create an opportunity for my allies by just, deep like, with, within the depowering. Eight necessarily isn't doing this aggressively, but they are just trying to remove the power their, their main protocol, uh, you know, the, the players do know this, but for the readers, their main protocol is to maintain the power level of this gem and will const- and, and then have a battery storage system within, within them that can like hold and redistribute power. And so right now I'm trying to just give myself a little juice to where my boot up goes faster.
0: I like that. So, yeah, you start pulling power out of him at a very, very quick rate. And you can see his face just change from like, oh, I definitely know what I'm doing here to, oh, I definitely do not know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Now, the one thing you did not do was resist or avoid their blows.
3: Yeah, I did not do that.
0: As you are getting kind of like the last bits of power out of the cybernetics, he goes, ha, well, time to fall back on old reliable. Shilia. And you feel something slice through your elbows. I do need you to take a powerful blow.
3: All right. No conditions mark. So I get a nine. So I'm going to choose one, and that's going to be give ground. Your opposition gains, uh, gets an opportunity.
0: All right. You can react fast enough uh, that this is kind of up to you. Something he just did hardened the air between your joints, and he is trying to snip your arms off. How are you going to give ground there?
3: Uh, so I think what is is going to happen is um, I think there's a little blowback on myself from like trying to overcharge and so i'm gonna give ground because pretty much all the energy i take from him will get like shot shocked out from my elbow once it hits it so it's not necessarily taking out my arm but it just made a made like a leak of all the energy i just got in and to where now i'm where where all the finger coils were wrapped around. They immediately like kind of retract back in, and I've just kind of fallen on the ground as a large burst of energy that I was trying to use to recharge escapes my body.
0: And the opportunity he's going to take at that point is to look back over at the Hacked and go, well, get the
3: hell in here and help me!
0: And they start moving towards, uh, you know, the rest of our heroes. Let's get back to Plushy Sanctum for a sec. So, Hex has followed you out into the foyer...
4: I shut the door behind me with a loud click, and I know these rooms are soundproof, so I don't have to worry about our mom overhearing this. And I say to him, what the hell are you doing here, voodoo boy? And he kind of just
0: reaches out a hand and flicks that uh, little rainbow like jewel pin that you're wearing, and I want to get a little flashback right here. So tell us about this rainbow pin.
4: It was something Tyler just found one day when he was out and about. He was just like doing some standard deliveries for the corporate overlords, even though he hates it. And then he just saw something lying on the ground, he picked it up, and boom, powers.
0: And what is it taking away from you? Because you are doomed, so what is the nature of that?
4: The nature of my doom is that one day I will just vanish into the ether. In its civilian form, Tyler looked very normal, though now like the ends of his hair are like starting to pale, and his eyes, for once a very nice vibrant brown, are starting to look watery and like are starting to fade.
0: And he flicks it, and there's a uh, chime sort of tone that we can hear in the background. Look, Plush, your mom's a nice lady. You seem like a decent kid. This thing is gonna kill you, and how's she gonna be left after that?
4: This coming from the man who, when we first met, tried to take away my powers using a God-knows-what lightning bolt.
0: Oh, that wasn't me. You gotta keep in mind, I'm a time traveler, kid. That was a different version of me. This me is all about helping you, and that thing's too dangerous for you. think you should maybe let me handle it for you. And what he is trying to do here is shift your labels. Uh, He is trying to shift your mundane up and your freak down. How do you feel about that?
4: I don't trust this man at all, so I'm going to reject it. That's probably going to go poorly since I'm still insecure. Sure, go for it. Three.
0: (laughs) Well, mark potential. And on a miss... I think, though, that does hit you hard because you do know that you are physically fading. And he makes a good point. Once you're gone, your sanctuary is gone. Go ahead, mark a condition.
4: I'm going to add guilty to this.
0: Fair. And I think I think we are going to go mundane up. But I also think we're going to go superior down instead of freak. Because maybe you're not feeling like you have a, as good a handle on this as, uh, as you thought you did. He kind of sees that conflict in your eyes that you like you obviously don't trust him you don't think he's you know trying to help you in your best interests. and he just kind of steps back and holds his hands up and you know kind of shrugs a little bit and look i'm not gonna pretend i'm a good person because i I think we both know that's a lie do you have any goddamn idea what you've been wearing around
4: this rock a pain in my ass that won't disappear when i take it off so that's gonna be a no then
0: right look kid i'm a sorcerer i'm a time traveler I've been all over the place, and I know what I'm about. And that thing is from a space between, and it's attracting attention that you have no way to handle, and attention that is going to be a big problem for everybody on this rock sooner rather than later. Now, I got a place outside space-time that I can just stash that, and I'm not saying I don't get anything out of it. I have a lot of uses for something like that. But point is, takes that heat off of you now, don't it? So, no harm, no foul, you say no, I walk away. But let me help
4: you out here, buddy. How'd you even get into my house anyway?
0: And he tips his hat at you. I'll just take that as a no. And he fades away into a dust.
4: I need to make a security thing.
0: (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, back in the cavern hall. Meridian, there are a group of about a pretty scary, uh, glowy, green, veined, zombie-like looking people coming at you. And in fact, Dame Atlas. And in fact, Tony Rex. And in fact, Adriana. And Tony has stepped in front of her and is starting to glow in his T-Rex formation and kind of sizing up whether he has enough room in here. You and Dame Atlas, though, what are you up to?
2: Meridian has taken stock of the situation, watched this newcomer just get thrown around. So she, she's she got four conditions marked right now. Uh, she's angry, guilty, hopeless, and insecure. And so I think what happens is she's been at the back of the room and she runs forward and says, I've had just about enough of people bigger than us trying to push us around, it stops right now. And she throws her fists up in fighting position and announces knuckles up. And that's where her ARM, the modular repulsor on her arm, transforms. Uh, This time it turns into two little kinetic blaster pistols. um, And she wants to defend everyone by blasting holes in the ground in front of the charging... Uh cyber zombies hacked
0: uh so you are basically if I understand correctly, trying to make like kind of a trench in between them and you, yes, I think we're gonna roll that as a unleash your powers because you are changing your environment
2: mm yes,
0: so go for it
2: all right, that is a ten
0: nice, so yeah, you do it. you dig a wide trench in the floor of this cavern the uh the hacked kind of like seem like they are still trying to get. To you because that's what they were told to do last, and they appear to be pretty obedient. And they are at this point falling into this pit and then trying to scrabble up the other side, but it is
1: very definitely slowing them down. Lady Meridian, do you think you can hold the line?
2: Well, let's do what I can. Uh, just to get in there and do your stuff, Dame.
1: I'll go take care of our thieving friend over here. And I draw my sword and head over towards Cybersaurus Hex. Uh, so, between you and Hex, just to reiterate this, when he
0: started that uh, emitter, and it pulsed out, he froze that pulse. There is kind of a big
1: dome around him in eight. Now you haven't interacted with that yet. uh, how are you coming at it? uh, first thing, I'm like gonna touch it to sort of get like a general sense if if i could I swing my sword at this. You definitely could what that would do you'd have to do it and find out. I think I'm gonna do it and find out. So what's your goal here? To break on through to the other side. (laughs) And and that is an unleash your powers
0: roll. All right. Overcome that obstacle.
1: Well, I rolled a five minus one. I rolled a total of four. Your sword bounces off
0: and the flat of it smacks you right in the forehead. (laughs) I'm not going to make you take a powerful blow or anything like that for it, but you do feel a little bit silly. And Hex looks over at you at that point and goes, really? You're coming at me. I am a I am a cybernetically enhanced sorcerer from the goddamn future, and you're swinging a piece of metal at me. And he is shifting your labels. Uh, he is shifting your danger down and your mundane up. How do you feel about this? Are you going to let it happen, or are you going to try and resist his influence
1: or um, reject his influence? I think Dame Atlas is going to roll with it because that's probably something she's heard before. And like at this point, like she's like, like yeah, you're right. I'm going to keep doing it anyways, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, At this point, I would like to ask Ada a question. Yeah. So you have seen these people on the outside of this bubble, apparently trying to assist you in whatever it is you are doing. Mm -hmm. What lesson do you think you would like to learn from
3: this? Oh, I think what I'm going to be learning from this is uh, a superhero should never quit because I just saw Dame Atlas like, try to break in through to this and like Hex was like giving her, giving her crap. And then she just did not back down. And so this is kind of my, my imprinting of just being like, Oh, so this is what a hero is. And so that's, that's my lesson is a superhero should never quit.
0: Nice. I like that. And as Hex has basically berated uh, Dame Atlas and then turns back to you, now you are an interesting specimen, and he kind of looks around and I probably got a couple of minutes before that shield gives out. So what are we gonna do?
3: Well, so as as, as all this was going on, eight's been you know slowly rebooting and they are constantly running kind of a, a diagnostic scan around them, and that was similar to whenever they, whenever their voice was first trying to figure out. They were just figuring out what the language of the room is, and and you know, and and how to uh, adjust their settings for that. And as soon as uh, Hex started to brag about being a cybernetic sorcerer, they then realized the p- the power source that they have is through nanobots, and those nanobots, from what Eight can assume, would be the same thing as controlling the other hacked that are there. And with my advanced programming and interface, what I want to attempt to do is uh, what i'd be proposing is to unleash my powers because i am going to once again try to hack into a system but instead of absorbing the power i want to assimilate it to become a, a helpful member of the team because my job is to maintain the stone and they're obviously a malicious force going against it so i'm trying to change the programming of the nanobots and get control of them so you are
0: trying to take control of the hacked is what i understand yeah cool uh, yeah, I think that sounds like an Unleash Your Powers. Go for it.
3: All right, six and three is nine plus two, so I got an 11.
0: So yeah, you do the thing. They have a surprisingly sophisticated kind of operating hive mind going on, and as you enter it, you can tell that these people are definitely not in control of their actions, and they are conscious of what's going on. They are not in a very happy place right now. So the question is, what are you going to do with that?
3: Well, the first thing I want to do is whenever I hack into it, I, I, I want to try to make all of them compliant and be helpful. And what would be helpful now is stopping. So I'm trying to just kind of get them to stop. And then I am just within the cybernetic connection. All I'm saying, no one can hear me because I'm not saying this aloud, but this is what I'm saying to the nanobots is, let me help you. So I'm just trying to calm everyone down and get them to, like, prepare just to help. So yeah, they are starting to
0: slow down, uh, Meridian, as they were starting to, like, reach the crest of that trench that you dug. They start to, like, slow down and maybe, like, look around, kind of considering what's going on here. And at that point, I want to move back over to Plushy one more time.
4: Butler, that tea set that they were drinking from, please tell me Fetch didn't steal that. And he kind of like looks up into the side for a second. No, it is still here. No, I meant did Fetch steal that tea set from somewhere else? No, it is still here. Plus, so <laughs> he just, <laughs> just face palms and rubs it down his face. I need to check in with Doc. So what are you up to at this point? First off, he would check in with Doctor, the contract he has taken care of his mother. Okay. And then he would go into one of the other rooms and see about fixing Musketeer.
0: So I think we get those panels of you like checking in and making sure like your mom's okay. And she is. She seems no worse for wear. She actually asks about that uh, that nice gentleman uh, and what he wanted. Uh, what are you going to tell her, by the way?
4: He was an acquaintance. Yeah, there's just that. He's just an acquaintance.
0: <laughs> and and what, what did he want with you? Are you going to tell her anything about that?
4: He was just asking me about something he'd asked before.
0: She definitely looks like she knows you're hiding something from her, but she doesn't push it. And then we have a couple of panels of you tinkering around with Musketeer, and as you finish patching him up, there is, kind of from off-panel, this howling sound, and we get back over to this cavern, where Eight is in control of these hacked, so they are definitely under your command at this point, they have slowed down, they are listening to you. So Hex is definitely considering options at this point, and you can see that this, uh, this dome around you is starting to fade a little bit, so time is running out here. So I want to get back over to Meridian, because the hacked that were coming at you have frozen, and they don't seem to be advancing anymore. Tony has decided that there is enough room to turn into a T-Rex, and in a flash of light he has turned into a T-Rex, and now he is kind of like, he was about to engage these hacked, but they're not moving anymore, so he is also looking a little bit
2: confused. Yeah, uh Meridian's been standing at the edge of that uh ditch that she dug and she's been firing repulsor bolts, not uh not trying to directly harm but like knock them back as they've been crawling up. And she as they get closer and closer, she's been looking more and more desperate, more like frustrated desperate, like, "Uh, why won't you stop?" Uh and they finally slow down and she blows the smoke off of the repulsor blasters and goes, "Huh. Whew. You finally given up?" Sweet! She looks over at Eight. She, like, squints through her helmet and says, nice job, Eight. And looks up at Tony and says, alright, big guy, uh, why don't you get in there and give me a hand, huh?
0: And he and he looks down at you with his uh, giant T-Rex face and winks. If you've never seen a T-Rex wink before, it's...
2: It's a sight to behold.
0: And he takes a couple of steps and slams his tail into the dome, which starts to crack under this, you know, prehistoric onslaught. Dame Atlas! You have some assistance now. What are you up to? Now that it's starting to crack, I'm going to
1: give it another shot as well. Cool. Uh, we would like you one more time to unleash your powers. Uh, I'm going to do even worse at it now because I have a penalty. <laughs> more potential. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's a seven. So on a hit, you do the
0: thing. So... You shatter the dome. It caves away with that last strike of your sword.
1: But you can either mark a condition, or I will tell you how this is going to be unstable or temporary. I think I'm going to mark a condition. I I think I'm going to mark insecure. Just because, like, she's starting to think a little bit more about what was said. Even, like, even though she did the thing. Like, she's still, you know, a little shaken about it. And as you do that... Tony
0: starts to swing his tail through where it used to be and just catches Hex and throws him into a wall, at which point he kind of like falls to the floor and grabs his chest, realizing that his cyber suit is almost entirely out of power. It's just running on his own body. And he looks up at the fact that his Hacked have been taken away from him. He goes, well, shit, don't suppose, and he kind of holds his hands up a little bit. Don't suppose you would just let bygones be bygones, would you?
1: We'll let you
3: surrender if that's what you mean.
0: Oh, I was thinking more escape.
3: So I have a question
1: for, for
0: you. <laughs>
3: yeah. Do, okay, so I was able to, like, hack in and stop the thing. Would I have some control over these nanobots now?
0: The hacked, yes.
3: Okay, because what I want to try to do, and this is this was my idea, is because I know that the hacked had the nanobots that were controlling them, and then obviously, the, like, because you were saying that they are conscience of what they're doing but they can't they don't have like a choice so what i want to try to do and i'm willing to take you know a, a negative on this because it is a it is a big thing but what i want to try to do is remove all of the nanobots from the hack themselves and as hex is trying to talk about leaving i want them to swarm him and i want to see if i can command the nanobots to then take over hex
0: oh mm, that is spicy so let's let's do the first thing first because removing these uh, these nanobots from the hacks, I actually want to roll as a uh, defend someone. Okay. Because they are victims in this. Um, so go ahead and roll plus savior.
3: Okay. I got a eight and I have a zero savior. So just, uh, it's an eight.
0: You begin to remove these nanobots from these hacked. And as you do, they begin to kind of orbit around you. Now you do have a choice to make. You actually have two. So do you want to add a team to the pool? take influence over these hacked or clear a condition
3: Uh, i'm gonna go ahead and take influence over the hacked
0: but more importantly do you want to expose yourself to danger or do you want to escalate the situation
3: Ooh, let's escalate the situation
0: as they begin to orbit around you hex kind of like gives this we see this panel of like him just smiling like ear to ear and that's my cue (laughs) and they freeze around you i do need you to take a powerful blow Five. So they freeze, and they begin to glom onto you, and you can tell that they're trying to sink in and mesh with your circuitry. You're going to resist this. Tell us how.
3: So they start to... Uh, tried to like mess with my circuitry, and so I think they're the same kind of like the color because you're talking about you know the things that that you can tell the hacked are being controlled with like you know, there's like the streaks of like red, and so my gem color is more like amber glow, and so I think what's happening is as they're trying to like get into my system, as soon as they like, start to burrow in past the, like, exterior layer of my robotic skin. You just start to see them infuse with the same ember light as they all start to just pop because there's just some self-defense systems for for any kind of outside electronic system trying to invade my body. So it's pretty much just, like, antibodies are doing the work and fighting what my robotic system thinks to be an invading virus.
0: In that moment where we have, you know, kind of eyes on eight, and we see, like, the the popping, you know, of uh, of these nanobots just starting to fry out. We panel over and we realize that Hex is gone. And in that moment, Adriana, who has kind of been away from the super fight that's happening because she's just a second-year physics student. She is in no way equipped for this. Kind of comes forward to make sure that, first off, uh, people aren't hurt. She actually pays a lot of attention to Meridian because you look like you've been through the ringer at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as she takes those momentary steps into the room that gem flares and you can tell uh, eight because you are very connected to this thing that it is reacting to adriana
3: uh does it seem like it's reacting in a bad way or
0: it's just reacting uh you're well you know what how about you go ahead and assess the situation well actually i'll give you i'll give you two options you can either assess the situation. Or you can pierce the mask because you are connected to this gym.
3: Uh, I'm going I'm to stick with assessing the situation. Okay. So I rolled a seven and I have a plus one superior. So it's just an eight.
0: And what would you like to know?
3: Let's go ahead and go with what here is the biggest danger i'm just trying to figure out if the reaction to the gem itself is is a good thing or a bad thing and i'm just trying to assess what kind of my next move should be so yeah what here is in the greatest danger
0: you get a couple of flashes from the time before you were put into stasis around this thing we see a kind of odd looking alien with a vaguely avian head, and this gem is set into the center of its chest. And they have four arms and, like, two pairs of eyes and feathers, and there is a field around it that looks very similar uh, to that dome that Hex had thrown up. And as they approach you, they're, like, holding out a hand, kind of shaking, and you can tell that they're very, very injured. And as you grab their hand, they collapse into that gem. And your programming puts you to sleep into stasis mode to wait for the next person that this gem can bond with because it looks for a host and it has to have a very particular set of qualifications and a potential host just walked into the room.
3: Yeah, so I just, I just look at Adriana and I point and just go, you can be helpful.
0: And she kind of moves over towards you and she's like, oh, were you, were you hurt? Is there something I can do? And as she moves towards you... When she gets within a few feet, the gem just zzzz and smacks her in the chest, blows her back probably about 15-20 feet. And I do need all of you to take a powerful blow.
1: Alright. Love to take a powerful blow.
0: <laughs> because there is a fairly sizable explosion.
3: I got a 7.
1: I got a 9. I've got a 10. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, let's start
0: from the bottom up eight. You had a seven. What would you like to do? So
3: I'm going to uh, lash out verbally. Uh, So I'm going to convince somebody to take a full hearty action because I know what the gem is supposed to do. and want to do it. So I'm screaming for everybody to like nobody to react and everyone that this is fine. This is what's supposed to be happening as this giant explosion is going on around me. So I'm just like so I'm just screaming at people to not try to do anything or to get in the way like or, or to interact or stop what's happening.
0: Nice. Dame Atlas. I believe you are also on that seven to nine list. Yeah, I am going to give ground. I think I just get full on knocked over. So yeah, you get kind of flung out from the center. And on the other side of this gem, uh, something very similar happens to Tony, where he gets flung in the opposite direction. It actually blows him out of T-Rex form. So Meridian, you had a 10. Yep. <laughs> what you
2: want to do? Well, one of these creates interesting situations, and one of them just sort of shuts things down. Losing control of myself or my powers in a terrible way, I see as pushes the, the story sort of in a dangerous direction. Removing myself would also be apt, but it's more of a a defensive thing. I think in this case, uh, it's been a rough time. I think what happens is that the blast like, Meridian was not expecting any of this, and so she's the most caught off guard because she's already worn down. I think she's walking towards Adriana as she's um, going towards the gem, like, hey, hold up. And she catches the brunt of the blast in addition to her, and gets flung backwards and like Smashes. There's like a really nasty impact panel of her slamming against the 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 back of the cave wall, and she she k.o.s.
0: And I think the panel we close on is the dust is starting to settle, and some of the stalactites have like fallen from the ceiling. There's rubble everywhere. Uh the the poor hacked who are now just normal you know humans are huddling in that trench, uh, and like some of them are trying to peek back over. Tony is kind of moving to check on Adriana uh, very swiftly. Dame Atlas, are you going along with or are you trying to check on somebody else, like
1: perhaps Meridian? Yeah, I'm running over to Lady Meridian. I'm going to see if I can make sure she's okay at the very least. Like stable, you know, (laughs) that kind of okay.
0: Meridian is still breathing, but definitely unconscious. Uh, Looks to have maybe the beginnings of a concussion. Who knows? We kind of like a half-page spread. On one half of the page, we have Adriana pulling herself out of this crater in the wall, and her eyes are just blazing red, and she is wreathed in fire. And as we see that, we get another half-page in Plushy Sanctuary with like all the big like stained glass windows and cathedral space, as all of them shatter in unison. And we will see you next issue. Masks, A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of space, rocks, and space rocks. You don't have to hunt it down across the interstellar void, but you can if you want to. Dame Atlas is played by Cassidy. You can find her and her podcasts and games on Twitter, at MadLobotanist. Plushie is played by Crest. You can find him at FantasyCrest on Twitter, or Crest on Pillowfort. Meridian is played by Simon Moody. You can find him on Twitter, at at Lucha Libris. Learn about his LARP at AdawayLARP.com, or listen to more of his performances on the Penumbra podcast. Eight is played by Joel Ruiz. He is the GM of Critical Bits. You can find him on Twitter at CriticalBitCast. Apex City is would by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram, at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or on your local Rigel Unlimited mining colony. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.